That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, record geeks, retired plate spinners, and millennials who want to impress their parents with their record collections. Welcome to the Rhino Cast Podcast, brought to you by Rhino Records. Get ready for new releases, deep tracks, and conversations with your favorite artists and bands. And balloons for the kiddies. And now, your hosts with the most, Rich Mahan and Dennis the Menace. On this episode of the Rhino Podcast, executive producer John Hughes speaks with former Warner Brothers record executives John Bugue and Jeff Ayeroff about their roles in creating the iconic video for AHA's Take On Me. Hey, Dennis, I know we want to get right to the show, so I think you need to get right to the points, so to speak. Excellent. Here we go. All right. So, folks, I'm sure you've heard us talk about Rhino Insider, but we can't hammer this home enough. It's really something that you need to sign up for because you're already here listening to the podcast. Why not get credit and earn points that you can turn in to get apparel, turntables, vinyl, box sets, cool Rhino swag, exclusive content, discounts on music. If you're the first 100 Rhino Insiders to earn 15,000 points, you're going to win a Woodstock Back to the Garden 5 LP box set that came out this summer for the 50th anniversary of the Woodstock Festival. I'm pretty sure most of you people out there are already doing the things that earn you points, so sign up and get credit for them. It's really easy. Go to rhinoinsider.com, click Become a Rhino Insider, and you're going to get an email asking you to confirm your email address, and once that's done you can start earning points. So it's, again, Rhino Insider, the Rhino loyalty program for music fans in the United States, those of you over 18. It's free to join, and you're going to get a bunch of great stuff by doing it. So check out rhinoinsider.com today. Well, today we are going to get the inside perspective from the label people that were responsible for the incredible video for AHA's Take On Me. Executive producer John Hughes speaks with John Bugue, the former head of video for WBR, and Jeff Ayeroff, the former creative head of WBR, about how they came to find the work of Michael Patterson and hire Michael and Candace Reckinger to create the art that became the AHA Take On Me video, and then what they did to market it and how it just had blossomed into this thing that was larger than they ever could have possibly imagined. These guys had vision. They recognized a great track and they recognized that they had to make a video that was as unique as the track itself. So I say, take it away, John Hughes. Can you introduce yourself, please? I'm John Bugue. And at the time that Jeff and I started, 
I was working in the movie business. I wasn't working in the record business. So how did you get involved with this video? Well, it's actually sort of the opposite. The way I got involved was I came across this student film. I thought, well, this is really pretty interesting. It's called Commuter. And actually, you should get a copy of it. It would make an interesting part of the story. But I saw this piece, and I mean, I was making, you know, I was working in the motion picture business, not particularly loving it, but I'd been involved with a couple of successful films, but was making music videos, and actually just for sport, and thought, well, this would make an interesting, this student film would make an interesting music video, and I took it to Jeff and said, Jeff, look at this. Where did we look at it? I had a, VH, I, I had a VHS oh, tape okay. of it. I keep thinking it was on like some small screen somewhere yeah. or something, but... But the piece is extraordinary. I mean, Michael Patterson's skill as, as an illustrator, as uh, did you get into his background? Oh, yeah. So, you know, he went to medical school, decided to be a medical illustrator. So that his sense of anatomy and his sense of drawing was amazing. And when my taking the, the piece to Jeff, I said, Jeff, this could make an interesting music video. And I think the rest is really, you know, history. You, yeah, you, it was like one of those, duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the eye, like, where did you find this guy? And how do we get a hold of him? What yeah. do we do? And then you immediately worry, like, oh, somebody else is going to do this quick. But John and I were, were buds. And conspired. And we conspired. We actually optioned the piece, as I remember. Meaning well, we optioned him. Yes. Can you give some examples of the videos that you did work on before this? Music videos, per se. There was one other piece that was a, a Jimi Hendrix piece that I did for Leslie. Okay. I, I had actually said that before. I yeah. said you had turned me on to a guy who had... Yeah, that had the simple electronic, electronic tomfoolery. But I was basically <laughs> working... I, you know, when I worked for Adler, we had made the Rocky Horror Picture Show and uh, the first Cheech and Chong film. And I thought, well, movie business, that'd be fun. This seemed easy. Those two were successful. And then went into the motion picture business and really really learned how to really dislike it intensely, just in terms of the process and how you got things done. And I worked on a, a series of films, but one that had sort of inspired me about animation, and I think is how I sort of came on to Michael Patterson, was I worked with a guy named Ralph Bakshi. I worked on a film called Cool World, and I worked on um, American Pop. Yeah. And he, you know, he was an interesting, he's, he's still alive, he's a very interesting animator. And the, that whole science of animation is something I'm sort of intrigued by. And the rotations that Michael would draw commuter on were interesting, which then were extrapolated onto the AHA piece. And actually, it came to pass after the AHA video, and you, you left, and Mo said, do you want to come here? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll come back. You know, come back to music business. I so leave. He left. I so I, I followed can't hold him. a job for very long. I, well, you, you, you went on to greater things. And I was at Warner's for a long time. So, yeah. you know, we sort of passed back and forth. What was it like to actually be on the set? Did they have any sense that this was going to be something different? There was a really good car company next door called <laughs> Frank Dale and Stepsons that I spent a lot of time in. Because I didn't have the temperament to stay on set that long. John, being in the film business, could do it. Me being somebody who was like, you know, attention deficit disorder, I just kind of went, okay, I, this is great. That looks good. That's amazing. Well, it was pretty amazing because there's a scene in the video where the, the big reveal, where he comes out from behind the glass and he becomes real or he becomes real when he goes into the glass. I don't really remember actually which, which it is. But it's the first time you see Morton as a real person. 
It's on the soundstage that was next to Frank Dale and Stepsons. I love that name, so I say it all the time. <laughs> it's the car company. And you kind of look at that and you sort of know, I mean, I sort of knew, this is it. This is what it was. You know, you know, okay, magic. That's magic time. That's the shot. That's the shot that's going to transition this thing and make it, you know, really special. And Steve Barron did a, just a genius, you know, yeah. genius job. Because the casting, even the, the little restaurant, all of it. I don't know who the set designer was, but when you walked into it, all the setups, the sheets, the stuff that I think Candace might have drawn and then they blew up, or Michael did, I don't really know which one created the large scrims that we were working in. And when I say we, I mean them. Mm. At that point, I'd been on a bunch of video set. It's not the same. It really wasn't the same. Because Steve had created in his head how to do the switch with that large panel. And, you know, once you see that, that's not something I could conceive. It's not what I did. That's what he did. And, you know, and I, you look at it and you go, cool, man, that was a good idea. Everybody bought into the idea that animation, animation, then pop the beauty on screen. You know, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense about Morton. I mean, Mags is also that good looking. The two of them are, Paul too. But Morton, as the lead singer, is always the, becomes the focal point. He was the lead in the, the narrative. But as I said, it was it, that reveal allowed him to actually look the way he looked, and not be doing some cloying pop star thing. Yeah. You know. Just remember the process of how this came together. The piece, Steve Barron shot the entire piece, did an entire edit, and then Michael Patterson went back and drew over it. I mean, I can remember seeing him sit in front of a basically a 16-millimeter projector, rotoscoping. There are shots. Michael and Candace have shots of them doing that kind of work. I don't know. How many months did it take before they delivered it? God, four. No, it's three or four by the sure. time we're done. So that was, that was, you know, part of the great luxury of having the record out in England, having released a single, not having it succeed, and not having it go into the top 10 and then falling, having it not go very far at all is like, Okay, pack it away. We'll be back. And I had to have the Rob Dickens, who ran England at the time, you know, had the was my friend and still is my friend. Had to understand. I'm gonna we're gonna deliver this later. It's gonna take this long to do this. And probably, and I don't remember this per se, but I probably had a illustration to say this is what we're doing. Understand what this is. You know, it's gonna take some time. And in the United States, it's not like people were lining up for the next aha. They were at zero. Entity. And, I, and I'm not telling you I haven't done this before and it failed. I have, I think. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember any particular instance when that happened. But, you know, not everything happens like this. This is just magic. Once the video was complete, what was the final rollout plan, the marketing? Warner Brothers was a label that was chock a block full of hit albums and songs and artists and then videos because it was really hard to do a bad video for that roster. So there's just so much real estate you can get on MTV at any given time for a label, because the minute Warner Brothers has 10 songs or five songs, Columbia Records, which was as big as we were almost, would go nuts, Universal would go nuts, Island would go nuts, and so they had to parse their situation. And we had to release things at Warner Brothers. You, had to, you didn't want to put up a new act up against a Prince video. or a, I had to do the same thing with Madonna. You had to figure out the slot. It's almost like a racehorse. You got to figure out where you're going to break the horse. 
So I think at the time we just started seeding the market because I used to say, and I think a lot of other people did, we had one radio station in the United States. It's like BBC One. We had one radio station. It wasn't a radio station. It was MTV. So that hit everybody. By the time this record came out, they had full coverage. At the beginning, you know, it was the state had it, the state had it, the state. This is one of those songs that the video broke the song on radio because it, people would see it on MTV and it forced itself on radio. It happens every once in a while. Many years later, I did it with Jamiroquai. You know, it, it, there are just different things that happen. Fiona Apple video forced itself on radio. MTV goes, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. They put it on. Radio stations have to start playing because kids start calling in the radio stations. Peter Gabriel. A, yeah, Peter Gabriel, Sledgehammer. When we did that, well, Peter Gabriel was a huge artist anyway. Yeah, but still. But he never was, had a big pop hit in the yeah. United States. Well, he did. He had, I mean, I, Peter Gabriel to me is, talking heads, Peter Gabriel, the fact that I got to work on those records is like, I don't care, nothing else. I don't need to do anything else. So when, when you get to do those things, you got to figure out how to set them up. So you try to create a situation where you've got things bubbling under, and that was, that's a record, that's an old record term, bubbling under, before it hits the charts. So we got the video to bubble under because the minute anybody saw that video, it was like, wow, did you see that video? And so once we got it to MTV, it was, <laughs> this, is a, this, is such a, this is such an anachronism. It used to be going into heavy rotation or heavy, they had some terminology, I don't remember what it was, about when something went in and they'd play it five times a day or 20 times Power. a day. Power. Of, Power. Yeah. So, so it just went right in and it's like, and they had a special video and I think it was that. I, I don't remember what award it won that year. I, best new act, best new video, best, most creative video. Special effects. Special, all of these awards. It won six. Six. Did, did, did it win video of the year? No. What did that year? I, I was Tom Petty? I don't remember. I believe it was Don't Come Around Here No More. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was a great video. But, you know, it was like the video of the year. And Tom Petty was a huge act, so if he's the one who won that, I love Tom Petty, so I'm happy for that. And it was like one of those things where you just go, okay, video did not kill the radio star. And all you kids out there will not know what the hell I'm talking about. MTV was a, a special place to work. And I, when I mean work, I don't mean work at. I mean, get them to do something for you. But you had to have something really good. And once you did, there were people there that went, oh, our audience would love this. This is perfect for us. Madonna was like that. Once they got it, they got it. John, what was your feeling when you saw the finished video? I was happy it was done. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying that lovingly. But, I mean, it's just to imagine you go over and watch Michael, you know, and you want to. I think he did at least 1,600 drawings, if not more. You know, and everyone, and you, and to figure out what the rotation was, and because if you if you watch the video closely, you realize it's negative and positive space working back and forth, which is part of the, the vibration and the charm of the of the piece is that. Yeah, and it's also not flat. No, it's the camera's the camera's rotating, and he's doing these the lines, you know, the movement lines, that accent stuff that was is uniquely his because there were other illustrations. Uh -huh. Although his are pretty genius, but he also made those movement lines, yeah. which were just like, where did that come from? And you see that in Commuter. That's something when I saw that, it was like, yeah. whoa, because it really. Because it was a guy, Commuter, sorry, yeah. was a guy sitting on a train. Yeah. You know, so there was all these train motions and you know, back and forth. 
We use Commuter to do train of thought. That's right. I forgot that. We ju- I just had him recut it because I could actually compensate him more. I could say, I'm going to take that. I'm going to buy the rights to you. I can give you more money. And part of the, the thing is, when you have a hit that big, you got to, I used to feel, and I was argued with, and other record companies didn't do it, like a music producer, a video director deserved to get paid. I could never get anybody to actually give a royalty. Even when I ran a record company, I didn't give royalties, but I would pay David Fincher. David Fincher had a big hit for me. I'd say, every 250,000 records, I'm sending you 10,000 bucks. That guy wanted to come back and work for you because of that. And a lot of people didn't understand that that, the idea of creating an environment where the best directors wanted to work for you fed on itself because you'd get the best work. No one else did that for them. Why not work for me? Why not take that time and do a video for me as opposed to, and when I say me, I mean Warner Brothers or Virgin or, you know, the work group when I did it. It was, you know, take care of your creative people. Well, think about the directors that have come out of making music. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's really extraordinary. Fincher, Mark Romandi. Michel, I brought Michel Gondry in from France. I met him. He had done a, a video for Virgin France, and I saw it, and it was a band called Negres Vert. And I, uh, I think something like that. And I, I went to France to meet him because I had met Mondino there who became a Madonna video, the Don Henley video, all of these things. Brian Ferry. And this was this kid who was a genius kid who could hardly speak English. And I brought him in to do videos. That guy's, you know, made huge films. And now has another TV show with Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Why am I blanking on the guy that made all the Alanis Morissette videos? Stefan Sednawi. Yeah, Sednawi. He's another. He was Mandino's... Agent's son. Yeah. Who I met on a Brian Ferry Slave to Love video. So you bring in, you know, I brought him in, he did chili peppers, he did. It's, this is the kind of cross pollinization that we were allowed to have at that time. They may still do it today. I don't really know. Uh, I'm not in the music business today doing creative work. So I don't know how that works. But during that nascent period, and this was like the, the second generation of music videos when the aha stuff, we had, upped our game at that point. So, you know, it's... You're making little movies as well. Yeah. If you think about it. What Fincher was doing with Madonna was making a little movie. Yeah. Take a look at Roll With It. Steve Winwood's Roll With It. Yeah, exactly. Fincher's, that to me is maybe... It's funny what people say, you know, the aha video in my head is one of the top 10 things I've ever worked on, but I got a lot of them. People, then when I say I, I didn't make any of them. I just watch people make them. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I, I can certainly feel from, from my sense is just being there and taking the risk of saying, this guy and this guy, and if we take that track and put it together, we're going to get... Yeah, I don't know. At that time, I, I just like a... Didn't think I about was, it, you just did it. I was young and careless. It was like, I never thought I was taking a risk with Steve Barron. Yeah, true. Because he was the, you know, and I'm not saying this because Michael is an adult. He wasn't then. He had never done a music video before. Steve had done a bunch. And they'd been very successful. And I'd been very successful doing videos with them. So I didn't think I was taking a risk. I thought I was, this is like, this is going to happen. And then when we got on the set, you get on the set and you look at that one piece where the camera rotates and you go, that's the shot. There's the shot. And, you know, then, you know, then I have to go look at cars at Frank Dale and Stepsons. (laughs) 
But Steve Barron also had the instinct. You talked about the little cafe, just the way that that was set up, and yeah. just the few little pieces that he shot there. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, you know, it's a typical little English a breakfast place. You know, and I, apparently it's still there. Do you guys remember what the band's reaction was to the video the first time they saw it? I'm not sure I remember being there when they saw it for the first time. They must have been shocked. Yeah. I mean, they must have known what it was looking like because I had to show them the illustration when yeah. they're in the set. They see all the illustrations. So they must have had an idea. We all had an idea. You know, I have this happen to me over and over and over again. You get a sketch, you get an idea, you think it's going to be what it is. And the great ones are always five times better than you think they're going to be. And then you just... You're just like a kid. You just kind of go, what? Wow, look at that. How did the success of this video affect your future work? Did it at all? Caused me to go to Warner Brothers, you know? One of the, I think it was one of the they things. They found that, him. Yeah. Not because of this video, because of my time at Warner. My time at AM got me to Warner Brothers. My time at Warner Brothers got me with my partner, Jordan Harris, in front of Richard Branson, who decided to start Virgin America and gave us the chance of doing it, which means. I got to sign Steve Winwood, we got to sign the Rolling Stones, Lenny Kravitz, Smashing Pumpkins, Janet Jackson, Paula Abdul, Ben Harper. And I got to run a record company as opposed to just be the creative director. Of course, I ran it with a partner and between the two of us somewhere was the president of a record company. He, Jordan was an A&R guy and I was a creative guy. Mm. So the two of us ran a record company together a couple times. The AHA video is, is a really important video in the lexicon of video. I mean, I was reading some article the other day, the best videos of all time. It shows up in the top five of mm -hmm. every list, every era. You know, sometimes The Boys of Summer shows up. Sometimes Sledgehammer shows up. But AHA is the most consistent video, I think, of all the videos I've worked on. And, uh, you know, that's pretty it, interesting. It is certainly one of the great evergreens. And it's cool that another generation... Uh, you have YouTube and everybody gets to watch it over and over again. And I, you know, it's a kid. It's like when I was a kid and I went and I saw the Fleischer Brothers, Coco the Clown video, which is the genesis for me of why this video, it was like, oh, Coco the Clown comes out of an ink bottle and it's a, it's a rotoscope piece. It's the first piece of rotoscope I've ever seen. Candace and Michael went on to do that Paula Optul Opposites of Track video for me with the, you know, the dancing cat. So, it was a lot of fun, and it was a really good business investment. What goes through your mind when I tell you that it's going to reach a billion views very soon? I, I, I can't even compute. It doesn't, it doesn't compute that but, many people have seen it and watched it. Oh, did you know that this was going to be the uh, oldest video no, to ever I hit a billion no, views? I had no idea. I mean, that's, that's great. That's important. That I like. That I like. I hope the band likes it, too. That's great. I would, the funny thought would be to go up and, and now with technology is to take and make a video using that same technology now and see if I've tried it before. I've, I've talked to people about it. Don't, don't, don't think I haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, no one said yes yet. And I don't know why. Interesting. No, I think it's, uh, it's extraordinary that, it, that it's had that many views. And yeah. How many, you know, and that's since YouTube has been a business. Yeah. How many times do you think people saw it before that? Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, it is, you know, one of those things that, that will probably live for a long time. Right. You know, it's great.
I want to thank both of you for your time and, and for everything here today. This was fantastic. Thanks so much. I'm not sure which of these conversations I enjoyed more, but I sure liked hearing John and Jeff talk about the behind the scenes on this video, the shooting of it, and how they came to to find the artists that did the drawings, Michael Patterson and Candace Reckinger. I just found it fascinating. It was kind of like getting a, a real studio tour of an animated video. That's what it felt like. I think that everybody can appreciate this video a little bit more. And like I said before, it's like maybe this song isn't your favorite song. It's not your jam. But everybody who sees this video goes, man, that's creative. It's important, like the Buggles video killed the radio star because that was, you know, the first that played on MTV. And so it always has a special place for everybody. But this is definitely one of those top five or at least top 10 videos of all time that people will be referencing for generations. Someone should go back and listen to both of these again because they were full of aha moments. Thanks very much for listening, folks. Don't forget to go to rhinoinsider.com and sign up for Rhino Insider. Become a Rhino Insider and earn points for the time that you already spend with Rhino. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget to listen and subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss the next Rhino podcast. Executive producer for Rhino Entertainment, John Hughes. Produced for Rhino Entertainment by Pop Cult and Rich Mahan Promotions. All rights reserved.